Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have the drummer for Dylan Scott, Derek Klein. We filmed this interview backstage at the Belasco Theater here in Los Angeles on the opening night of Dylan Scott's new Amen to That Tour. Derek and I talk about him growing up in Kentucky, getting his first drum set at age seven, and how he got his start in music playing in church with his brother. We also talk about not only touring with Dylan Scott, but having the opportunity to record drums on Dylan's projects as well, and the first time he heard himself play drums over to loudspeakers at Dodger Stadium. I had a great time talking to Derek. This is honestly one of my favorite interviews. I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Podcast. Today we have Derek Klein, drummer for Dylan Scott. Up How top. you doing today, man? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Glad to have you. So, getting around your story, you grew up in Franklin, Kentucky. What <laughs> yeah. was your childhood like? Uh, Franklin's a really small little town. Uh, it's like agriculture and sports. Yeah. So, actually, it's pretty dope. I got my Kentucky Headhunter shirt on today. <laughs> I don't know how many people know who the Headhunters are. So, they're from like 35 minutes from Franklin. Oh, no way. A little small town in Kentucky, too. And so, like, there was some of that, uh, but mostly musically, uh, my dad plays bass. My great, 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 I don't know how many greats, uh, aunts uh, played dulcimer in the Grand Ole Opry. Right. Cora yeah, Klein's her name. And so she, that's pretty cool. She's in Country Music Hall of Fame. Wow. So we've got a, we've got a musical history yeah. there. But growing up there was, um, played baseball. Mm-hmm. And played drums. Wow. That, that was the two things. And so my brother and I and were then and still are heavily involved in our church uh-huh. in, in Bowling Green, Kentucky. That's where I live now. Yeah. So Bowling Green's like 45 minutes north of Nashville. For so sure. we're real, real close there in Nashville. Uh, but anyway, that's what it was like. Sorry, that was a roundabout way of saying oh, no. it. Was, it was my dad does commercial farming and plays music. So I'm, I was around that. I was around baseball. And I was around music. Hey, what better way to grow up? I, I, mean, I mean, I agree. Now, your dad sang a lot of Southern gospel around the house, yeah, right? I heard. Yeah. So how did that like early music influence like kind of your taste in music? So, so what's cool about my dad um, that I tell people is uh, my brother and I both got, like the first record my dad brought home to me, I say record CD, mm-hmm. was Back in Black, ACDC. Oh, yeah. Which is, I mean, if you're a musician, that's just like... Especially drums. That's just like, man, they're just the tightest band. For sure. No show them, this meat and potatoes. And so he brought that home to me. And so that was the first, like, rock music I had heard. Mm-hmm. And so before then, like you just said, was mainly Southern Gospel. So I got both, like, both sides of the spectrum really fast. Yeah. And my dad plays bass, sings tenor, mm-hmm. and was in a Southern Gospel quartet for tons of years. That's dope. And that's actually the first, like, traveling gig Garrett and I did. As we would go play, I mean, like, Saturday, Sundays at churches. So oh, wow. oh, yeah, so, yeah. So, Just going yeah, around town, doing different Going churches. around different small towns in Kentucky. And and I wouldn't call that necessarily touring, but, I mean, the group that we played with, my uh, my dad's group, when we had a band and a trailer, I mean, we, we played yeah, You were getting ton. your feet wet. I mean, We played a ton. And I, that music, because uh, I follow Jesus, too, that music 
this holds like a really sweet place in my heart yeah. because I, I learned so much about music and about Jesus growing up playing and listening to that music and we did it as a family so my dad played bass I played drums Garrett who plays bass as I think is the best bass player in the world <laughs> uh, played like acoustic guitar and keyboards and then it was four guys singing so we did it wow. as a family and, and, my, uncle, like and my uncle played guitar no way. So yeah, we did it as like a family. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you see? Would you think that the Back and Black albums what made you interested in playing drums, or was it already in Southern Gospel stuff? Getting I, you wanna... uh, my dad. Well, when I was a lot younger, my dad um, had a group that had a drummer, mm-hmm. and I was just so fascinated with drums. Always had been, and like I said, grew up around going to my dad's concerts doing that kind of thing being at a church that music is an extremely important thing at our church Mm -hmm. um and i was just always enamored with it um and i just told my parents when i was probably six i was like i can play drums (laughs) pretty arrogantly (laughs) but i was like hey i can play drums just knew it and my seventh birthday they got me a drum kit we're talking like a toy kit, or like I'm they talking got you a real about kit? like a like a real kit. Yeah, you know, and that um, dad, mom, and dad brought home a real kit, sat down, and I, and most drummers have this story, but I just kind of naturally had the two and four thing, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's where my playing actually started at seven. This turned thirty last Thursday, so that's twenty uh, three years. Is that twenty three years? Jeez, never was yeah, twenty three <laughs> years. Me neither. In fact, funny math story, real quick. My math teacher in college, I made it through two years of college for Dylan Scott call, and I'm sure we'll get to that, yeah. but uh, my math teacher, so I was in 116E, I know what you're thinking, like 116E, that's like for special, like that's like <laughs> guys that are really challenged at, yeah. at, at math, okay, and my professor taught Garth Brooks at Oklahoma State, no way. which was kind of cool, Yeah. and so I had told her, I didn't know it was going to be country music. That, that I was going to be able to be in professionally. Yeah. But I, I was really struggling in there, and she was super sweet, like the sweetest lady. And I cannot remember her name. But I told her what, she's like, well, what do you want to do? You know, like, what, mm-hmm. what are you striving for? And I basically told her, I'm like, I'm at college until I can figure out how to get on the road, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so she was a super kind with me, and she made a 60. You had to have a C to pass. Mm-hmm. And she made a 60 to a 70 a C. And I made a 61 in the wow. class. So she hooked me up so I could pass that class. Anyway, I know that was a long side story, but... I bet you're the same way, though. I yeah. had a few high school classes where I kind of just charm them into, you know, just boosting oh, that 1%, you know, just... <laughs> For real, but she was so cool, man. She was so cool. And yeah, she, she like, she like curved all everything. So wow. it was like... Okay, I'm gonna make sixty to seventy C so you can get out of here, basically. <laughs> so, so shout out to her. There's nothing like the like I feel like a bassist and drummer's like connection is so important. It, I agree. Between your brother and your dad, who has the tightest connection? Like when you're when you're drumming with them. Oh man, that's tough. <laughs> I haven't gotten to play. So I haven't gotten to play with dad and dad in a while because mm-hmm. um, he's kind of like settled back into like Garrett's got kids and so he just likes watching us and watching grandkids yeah. play. But, I mean, Garrett and I just have, like, we just played forever together. Yeah. And so, uh, I'm just going to have to say my brother just because, like, we play we play with Dylan together. We play at church together. We play, you know, every, so many things we do. We even, like, do, there's some new artists. Uh, Trevor Martin's one of them. He's mm-hmm. a good buddy of ours who's 
starting to get going in town. Yeah. And uh, and he, he we played on all his records and we just get to do it together. So that, it's 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 not fair that we're we have we're blood <laughs> and we get to do everything together. You right. Know? Yeah. So I, I might say Garrett. Yeah. Now was it like high school years? Did you guys start doing anything locally or was it just church at that point? So we so church is super important to important to us and if you know if you've ever seen our social media or whatever thing you know we follow jesus and um church is like a lot of guys say that like they got started in church Mm -hmm. and i hate that because because when garrett and i are home we're still playing at church because that's important to us you know right and uh and and so i I don't want to use the term or the verbiage started in church because we're still playing in church yeah um so we did play we played worship on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and youth group and all that kind of stuff. And then we actually had a little rock band um, called Micah. And it was it was me, Garrett, uh, Garrett's wife, my sister-in-law, Jack. Mm-hmm. J-C-Q. Jack. J-C-Q. Yeah, uh, Jack, short for Jacqueline. Yeah. Um, and another buddy of ours played guitar. And we just like were like... Probably maybe a little too much like Paramore, but like that vibe, <laughs> like pop punk, yeah, yeah. kind of rock type thing. And we did that, man, we, we did that from, I was in middle school until I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. And the guy played guitar with us uh, moved to Louisville, Kentucky, which is a couple hours away from us, so we're like, I guess the band's over. So yeah. it was kind of a sad, you know, you know, everybody that's been in their first rock band or band was like, <laughs> When, when it ends, it's like heartbreaking or whatever. Totally. Uh, but what's funny about that, so Garrett and Jack and I regrouped and started what what now is Klein Music. Right, yeah. uh, Which is like our worship project. And um, that's, yeah, that's what we've been doing. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, coming out of high school, you did you were talking about how you went to school. Yeah. To, uh, you got, went to school for marketing, right? I went to school for marketing. And so my brother, Garrett, actually finished he really? has this. He actually has this master's degree. Dude's like stupid smart and right. works hard. And I got two years in and then <laughs> dipped out. But yeah, marketing was my original goal. Now, did you have some thought into it? Like, this is going to help me maybe grow my music career? Is this like something your parents are like, you just going to marketing? Man, like, <laughs> no, man. My parents are this. I know everybody says this, or most people say this, yeah. and I do feel bad for the people that can't say this. But my parents are the best parents in the world. Yeah. Um, and my mom and dad encouraged me to go to college because I didn't have anything going on musically, totally. like professionally. Uh-huh. Um, and they were super generous, helped me pay for it, got me through, you know. And uh, I was just going kind of like, just, I don't know the best way to describe it. I, I wasn't going for the sake of just going, but I just knew it wasn't the end game. Yeah. Like, I knew music was... It was my passion and what I feel called to do, and I knew it was going to work out. Um, but going to school, I picked marketing because I do like that aspect of business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never got high enough in any classes to actually learn anything. All the prereqs. <laughs> yeah, all the prereq stuff. Uh, but what college did teach me is like how to be on time. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's pretty big in this industry, being on time. Like people really respect folks that are on time. For sure. Su- surprisingly enough. Um, and man, it bought me time to, to, uh, to just to be better at drums and I didn't have to work a full-time job. And so like, man, I would go to class for a couple hours a day and then I would be working in Ableton. I would learn, I learned, that's where I learned how to run Ableton and do tracks and, and mm-hmm. record myself. And this became a better drummer during that time. We had, a uh, Garrett and Jack, 
rented a house like a block off campus. We went to Western Kentucky University yeah. in Bowling Green. And uh, we had a studio set up in their house. We had like a console, like seriously, like a console and like the whole nine yards. Dude. And so, man, this is like I, I honed my skills. And so when I got the call from Dylan, I immediately um, could like get Ableton rolling. Yeah. They weren't using Ableton at the time. You know, yeah. this a lot of those things that, that a lot of drummers kind of, it falls on the drummer to be responsible for in this industry. Mm-hmm. I just really learned during right. that time. So... Not so much the actual school curriculum that I that I learned, but all the stuff. It bought me time to be able to have time to learn all the importance totally. ended up being important for me. Yeah, if that makes any sense. No, it totally does. Yeah. Now, how do you get a call from Dylan Scott? I mean, like you're, you're nowhere near Nashville at this point. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So, like, what's that like? So, you're sitting in your dorm, like. So, <laughs> yeah. So, what's funny about growing up in in Franklin and Bowling Green? They're 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 really pretty much the same place. Um, Bowling Green's the big city. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're only at 45 minutes north of Nashville. So I grew up going to Nashville a ton. Had made some friends in Nashville, but also on the side of like, man, I, I feel like everybody in Nashville gets in their little clique, and I don't know. This didn't seem attractive to me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I can't describe it. And so I didn't want to move. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to move to Nashville. Um, but it was a summer in between. I had finished two years at Western and Garrett actually got a phone call. We were playing a youth camp. Uh, Klein was mm-hmm. playing a youth camp in Nashville at Bandy. Okay. Ironically enough. Yeah. <laughs> and um, our really good buddy, Dallas Wilson. So Dallas is a songwriter in yeah. town. His dad's Lonnie Wilson. He's wrote and played drums on like a billion number one country songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and this sweet people met Dallas at WKU. So oh, wow. Dallas came to WKU to be a film major. Okay. Um, Dallas, where I don't know if you know Dallas or not, he wrote Nobody. Oh, yeah. Um, got, wrote a ton of Mitchell Tenpenny songs, has written a ton of Dylan songs yeah. with Dylan. And this fantastic guy. <laughs> Dylan had this thing. They had been touring for like, I want to say a year or so. They had, they had really just started traveling. Um, this is like 2014. Okay. And so Dylan had a song called Making This Boy Go Crazy out mm-hmm. at the time. That was a single. And uh, his whole band, except for his brother Logan, uh, who's a long-haired, awesome shredder on stage. That's yeah. Dylan's brother. Oh, okay. Um, they all left to go do another gig. It was kind of a weird thing. Weird. And uh, they had had a drummer come in but needed a bass player. And Dallas and Lonnie recommended Garrett. Oh, no way. And so Garrett, Dylan called Garrett literally. It was like, hey, like if, well, if you want the job, it's yours. And Garrett's like, okay, yeah, sounds good. Wow. And no tryout or anything. <laughs> and so they, I'll, I'll never forget it because it was such a cool moment because Garrett and I just dreamed of touring our entire life. And it's what we wanted to do, you know. Right. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bummed like that I didn't get the call to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yet, at least I didn't know. And so they actually flew out to California out here to open up for a little big town. Okay. And they had a drummer, and on the way back, I think Garrett was in the airport. They were in the airport on their way back, and Garrett's like, hey, um, Dylan's going to call you, like, tomorrow. <laughs> I just want you to know. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll never forget it. I was sitting in Franklin, Kentucky at the Mexican restaurant with my parents eating, um, and uh, was like, oh, okay, cool. And so, basically, that drummer just really... 
was a nice guy, I think, this would didn't work out. Yeah. You know, um, and didn't know Ableton. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a big thing, and I did know Ableton mm-hmm. well. And so Dylan called me, like, that Monday or two. So I was like, hey, man, you know, your brother <laughs> speaks highly of you, which is nice to have my brother, you know. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds awesome. And so uh, Dylan, actually, Dylan Logan and the other guitar player at the time, because it was a super small camp at that time. I mean, it was just, like, four of us, five of us yeah. driving a van. Came down to Bowling Green, and we rehearsed at my church. No way. And and I've been with Dylan ever since. And so shout out to Dallas and Lonnie for the for recommending us. And we're just really sweet guys. I mean, Dallas, if you can ever get Dallas on here, man, he's just like the sweetest guy. Dallas, you heard. Come on the, come come on, on the show. <laughs> I bet he will, too. He's a super, he's a super awesome guy. Super talented, man. Just oh, right yeah. the ones left and right right now. But, man, that's, that's the origin story. And so yeah. we've been with Dylan now for... Going on nine years. Yeah. So, pretty wild. Been a wild ride. So, what does it mean to you to get trusted to play on some of his session stuff, too? I mean, you oh, know what I'm man. saying? Like, some guys only get to play on the road, but, like, right. you literally have number ones to your name now. Like, it's crazy, man. It It's humbling, and it's, um, gosh, man, this, like, big shout-out to Dylan and, and the guys that were producing him at the time. For sure. Uh, um, one of his, the main guys producing him at the time um, just really liked came and watched us play and like this kind of like the grit of what we did live mm-hmm. and said so, man they invite us to come in and, and we're super patient with us and and um, man over the course of like a year we made that first album uh, Dylan Scott debut album mm-hmm. and uh, or the self-titled one titled one I think we recorded like 25 songs for that album I mean Jeez. we were in the studio like every other week doing three or four songs a week in between van touring which i don't know if you've ever done van touring but it's not easy i bet you know it's because you know you're driving yourself you know like on a bus um or even last i know this week's a different situation because we're in la starting this tour but like we didn't we we the bus came out here and we flew out here and met the bus i didn't lose a day at home right you know that's smart in the van, you know, it's like, all right, man, we got to head to L.A. <laughs> okay, we're going to start <laughs> we're leaving four days su- Sunday. <laughs> yeah, we got to head, head it out here Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, man, but, yeah, they this man, they were the super genius. Jim Ed Norman is the guy's name, and he's mm-hmm. just a legend. Look him up yeah. in the industry. He's super cool. It's like, I feel like he's our musical granddad, kind of. Like, he's a <laughs> super sweet. But, he, dude, he just took time and worked with us, and I, this taught us so much. And him and then... Um, Two of the engineers over at Curve Studios, Dave and Craig, oh, cool. um, that are still there. They're this really sweet guys and good friends of ours. Mm-hmm. This really patient with us, you know. Yeah. And we got to make that first record. And then I also played on um, the Nothing to Do Town EP, right? You know, so it's got Nothing to Do Town, nobody on it, and so all bangers. This really, really fortunate. Um, the the uh, the the track on that EP that is a sleeper is Look at Us Now. That's got oh. like we did like four drum takes on that and they're all in there no mixed way in there, like four different parts i'm about to re-listen to it now. listen to it <laughs> uh, really fortunate and so this is really cool so I've, I've i've gotten to be a part of like five top 40 singles and almost four of those being or three of those being number ones and it's just it's just really cool really cool thing i bet yeah now what's it mean to you to be back in la tonight because i mean it seems like it's a special place for you it was when you got called out and i saw that this is like where the first time you guys heard yourself on the radio oh too, gosh, was out yeah. in la like yeah so what's it mean to be out here playing the blast dude tonight? i love la uh like my favorite band for the past probably three or four years is that band lanny oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know you know those guys oh yeah 
And so they're they're LA based, super mm-hmm. LA based, and all their songs have like that LA touch. And so I've just kind of like become fascinated with LA. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just cool because like growing up in Kentucky, Franklin, it's like I always knew I wanted to do this, but like when you come when you come to Los Angeles or New York City or Chicago and you're like, dang, I'm like, I'm really doing this. Yeah. This is kind of wild. And so LA always feels like that for me. Uh-huh. Um, also cool now too is a really good buddy of ours, Myers Leonard, lives here now. Oh really? So he's yeah, he's a good buddy of ours and um, plays in the NBA basketball oh, cool. player and so. He, uh, it's like, he like this comes and hangs all day. So this <laughs> makes the day better because tour can get monotonous. I mean, it's I super cool, but we've been doing this. The core group of us have been doing this for almost nine years together now. Mm-hmm. And so like, you got to find new things to enjoy about every time. I've been to LA a million times. Right. So it's like, you find something new to enjoy every time. Yeah. And so today was like, man, he come, he came and hung out and then got to do this with you today. So yeah. it's like made a whole new special thing. Uh, hearing ourselves on the radio the first time though was awesome we went to a dodgers game mm-hmm. we were like flew, flew out here to do something and then had a day off and so somebody at dylan's label had a connection to get us to a dodgers game yeah. big baseball fan gary mm-hmm. and i both are um and dylan sang the national anthem that night okay cool. my girl was on the climb to number one so it hadn't gone number one yet but it was like it was like top 10 right maybe top five at the time and uh, we're driving to the game in traffic, and it comes on the radio, and we're like, holy crap, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> well, then we walk into the stadium and, like, get all set down, and I've got, like, three Dodger dogs. If, if you don't know about Dodger dogs, they're the best hot dogs oh, yeah. in baseball. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. Right? I just okay. had one. Okay, fire. Okay, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I could, Well, not as good as go, Bush Stadium, though. Bush that, Stadium's actually, Bush one. Stadium's go-karts. That's what I was, <laughs> was going to say. But uh, then they start playing my girl over the... You know, over the system in Dodger Stadium, I'm just like, gosh, that is, you know, that's like me playing drums. That is crazy. <laughs> um, and none of that would have happened if Dylan wouldn't have been like, yeah, let's bring my guys into the studio, you know. So, right. like, shout out to him, this being really super cool and letting us, you know, grind in there with him. But, yeah, L.A.'s, LA's just always cool. We, we played the Troubadour here, which is a legendary. Smaller than I thought it was. Really be. small. Yeah. Uh, we played Staples Center. Before it turned to cryptocurrency arena or whatever it is. It'll now. always be safe. With so. Luke last year. Yeah. Dude, that was just so freaking cool. <laughs> um, and then we were supposed to come out here in 2020 and play. I forgot what we were supposed to play. And then, of course, you know, world shut down. Yeah. So it's really cool to be in proper downtown L.A. playing a headline show tonight. For sure. Played in Anaheim in the spring. Mm-hmm. And that was super cool. Sold out yeah. at the House of Blues. And they gave us, like, these uh, skateboard decks. No you ever seen those? Oh, yeah. People, that's super cool. But I love it. I Seriously, I love L.A. I mean, that has to pump you up, too. I literally just walked in. There's literally girls wrapped around the building like, it's just crazy. waiting to come in. It, like. It's wild, man. And it's been so cool to, cool to be beside Dylan and behind him and, and see, be with him. And he's brought us along with the growth. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, seriously, I can't say enough good things about him and how he's just taking care of me and the, the rest of the band guys and let us be a part of this. Like it, it, it's not just, it's not just I work for Dylan Scott. He yeah. makes it feel like I am a part of this. You know, all of us. And that's a super. That is, I can't say enough good things about him in that respect. And mm-hmm. it's cool, man, because we started driving this little black E three fifty four diesel van for like three years and grinding it out. And and we just did it like the old school way. And and um, 
radio loves Dylan now. Yeah. You know, and he's having this had another number one new truck and right. and and it's just like, but <laughs> it just took a long time to get there. You know. Right. And so, man, we we've played to twenty people. You know, we've played to five people. We've showed up and played for you know a hundred people, and then. Um, it's cool to go from there to then we went to the Sprinter van and then finally, you know, the tour buses and stuff. Right. And, and being able to, like, you know, play a sold-out show in Los Angeles. And I think, like, the whole weekend, this weekend, sold out. Wow. It's crazy, dude. That's I mean, awesome. we're, and, we're, and we're playing, like, here in Bakersfield and Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just so cool. It's hard to describe the feeling because we still kind of, like, I'm starting to get the jitter now. It's 6.05. We play at 9. I'm like, man, is anybody even going to be here tonight? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) It's like you said there's people lined up around the corner. Oh, yeah. Man, but but this back to Dylan, this not, I can't say enough cool good things about, like, this letting him, or him letting us be a part of this, you know? For sure. Yeah. Now, you're talking about all the road, like, gigs you've done and, like, traveling uh, with Luke Bryan and stuff. Yeah. My question is, like, even with all the festivals you've done, who has the rowdiest band in country music? Rowdiest like band. Like this backstage, they're going music. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. I could get in trouble with this. <laughs> um, rowdiest band. We we're our whole crew is we're pretty tame. Yeah. Most pretty much all of us are married or I'm engaged. Or and I'm already an old man anyway. I just turned thirty, so like I'm already running on you know eighty year old knees. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so I would. I'm trying to think. We're gonna have to come back to that one. Oh, I, okay. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Pro- <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. He was about to say somebody. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I'm kidding. I will that's say. Right. The, let me answer it with this though: the best tour we've ever done is that Luke Bryan tour last For year. Sure. Man, they are the sweetest people in the freaking world. Mm-hmm. Kent Schlusser, Luke's drummer, this like put me under his wing. I learned so much from him on that tour. Yeah, uh, we all did, man. I feel like Dylan learned so much from Luke and. It's so cool because Luke is like kind of like the biggest thing in country music still. Oh right, he's been around for so long and he's still one of the top guys. Yeah, and man, you would think we we didn't know what it was going to be like going into that tour. Like, is it going to be kind of like you know, there's some tours that you do and it's kind of like, hey, you need to stay in your side of the green room in that area. And you, no, it's all doors open. We're a family. You know, it it was super cool. So, That's awesome. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I know the rowdiest. I'll tell you the rowdiest tour okay. is Farm Tour. Far- that, oh, yeah. Farm I Tour bet. is crazy. We did a Farm Tour with Luke last year. Jeez. And man, this the amount of people that show up in the middle of nowhere <laughs> is wild. I bet. Yeah. Now, I like to close all my interviews by asking, what's a piece of advice you've learned along your journey that you'd give to someone younger, like, looking up to you right now? Oh, man. I, I've heard this a lot lately, and, uh, so it's not an original thing, but it's true. Is 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 bloom where you're planted, you know? Like you can look at my life and my story so far, my journey in life is I didn't drop everything and move to Nashville because I didn't feel like that was the right thing to do, and here I am, working in Nashville every week uh-huh. with a gig with a guy that's been very successful. Um, we 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 can so easily get distracted by like what's next what's next for me mm-hmm. you know like even with you with this podcast how do I grow this podcast is there another podcast that I could jump on you know yeah and you can apply that to anything in life whether you're 
working a nine to five or a musician or you're doing a podcast or yeah. you're an artist. I mean, it's all those things and and really this being being thankful and having gratitude for where you are right now. For sure. You know, and uh, and I've been extremely guilty over my my journey um, doing this professionally. Going well, I, if we could only get to this, mm-hmm. you know, if if Dylan could only have this many hits, or yeah. if I could only have this endorsement, or if I could only, and, and and man, you miss out on so much amazing things God's doing around you when you do that. Yeah, and so bloom when you're planted. That's kind of been my life motto, um, and so many things in my life have have God has worked out because I was as patient and stayed planted where I was. For you sure. know. Gotten to be a part of, you know, quadruple platinum songs. Uh, met my future wife. This right where I was planted. You know, yeah. um, there's just so many things. You know, I mean, I could list a million things, and you would have to like edit all of this. <laughs> I don't want to do that. But that—that's. I would say that's my solid piece of advice. And and this a side note. I think this is given. Man, this would be cool. So many people in our gender. How are you? Twenty. So you're 20, so I've got a decade on you. <laughs> so I'm speaking to your generation right okay. now. Because cause it, it doesn't seem like that big of a gap, but it is. It's crazy. Like, life for 20 to 22-year-olds, mm-hmm. we have a couple of 21-year-olds traveling with us on the bus. And, like, <laughs> that's when I realized, I was like, okay, I'm, like, getting older. Like, things are different now. Mm-hmm. It, it's, man, this gum it be nice to people. Yeah. Don't be arrogant. You know, I, I ruined so many friendships and or could have been friendships by letting my arrogance get the best of me. Mm-hmm. You know, just be humble and be kind. Be nice to people. Yeah. Put your yes on the table. Somebody asked you 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 messaged me randomly about doing this podcast, like, heck yeah. Why not? For sure. You know, so you just never know you just never know if you just be kind and have your yes on the table what God's gonna do, you know? For sure. And so that's what that's my other side piece of advice. After the bloom, just be planted. nice. Right? This be this be cool, dude. This be cool. That should be a T-shirt. That's be cool. You're, I, Side note, your C C four that. Yeah. I don't know those guys, but I got on some random um, Spotify playlist the other day, and uh, Queen of Daytona Beach was on it. Oh, that yeah. is a fire song, dude. You have to check out their new one. They have a. Uh, that's what I get for loving you. Okay. Oh my god. I'm gonna check it out. They'll have you crying. Okay. <laughs> Well, guys, there you have it. My conversation with Derek Klein. Derek, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I had an awesome time talking with you. Everyone, go follow him on Instagram, at Derek Klein. And make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with Jake Summers, the drummer for Luke Combs. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also, follow Starting Small Music on Instagram, at Starting Small Music, and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next. And remember, everyone starts small.